To Barbarian Noetics, the podcast dedicated to the human spirit. I'm your host, Conan Tanner. What's up, beautiful barbarians and barbarellas, barbarianettes, barbarians, maybe barbarians, just a unisex kind of vibe, I don't know. Do you guys have any suggestions for whether barbarians should be unisex or whether there should be like a, a feminine barbarianette kind of word vibe going on? One of my favorite movies in the world, Barbarella, Queen of the Galaxy, starring a young Jane Fonda. I would consider her a barbarian in the truest sense. At what point? At one point in that film, she's there's a huge hookah bong situation, and it's like this huge water bong, and swimming inside is this dude, and he's like this Adonis, like young dude in like a speedo, and he's swimming around, and all these ladies are lounged around on couches taking hits off this this hookah. Jane Fonda sits down and this lady next to her is like try it out it's the essence of man and Jane Fonda takes a nice long hit off the hookah and she kind of shrugs her shoulders like yeah alright it's okay (laughs) so we all know who's really running the show around here and it's not the dudes but we all play our part and you got to have a strong god force in order to support the goddess force. So not everyone can be a goddess and a goddess worshiper. We need some strong men around to hold up the god force, the masculine power, the masculine energy as well. And I think mushrooms can help us do that. I think there's a reason why mushrooms are shaped like phalluses in that they are such a uh, tool, um, such a valuable tool, especially for for men to discover um, that that elusive combination of being courageous and um, authoritative when need be, but also to lead in the Taoist sense, which uh, Lao Tzu said sometimes you lead from behind. Sometimes the best leaders lead from behind. So you're not always, you know, this is the whole too many cooks in the kitchen or everyone wants to be a chief and no one wants to be an Indian kind of vibe. And um, that's what we have to transcend. So we're all doing our part day by day. Sun goes up, sun goes down. There's been some beautiful sunrises and sunsets here in Phoenix lately. It's been cold as a mofo, though. I've been so cold. I think it's finally warming up a little bit today, and I know you're all laughing at me because you're like, cold, I thought you were from Chicago, but our little dwellings in in the desert are not designed for cold, and I don't have a space heater, any heater at all, and so 
when I wake up in the morning and it's like 32 degrees in my apartment and I have to like get out of bed it's it's an act of will I'll say that <laughs> I get cold so much easier now Ugh, my blood has thinned out I used to growing up in Chicago I would just walk around with a, like a sweater sweatshirt all year all winter long and think nothing of it now I need like a bajillion layers and a wool coat in order to go outside and be comfy but you know so here I am I'm recording for the podcast and I have been battling through a ginormous amounts of resistance on this like so much resistance so I'm just plowing through and and gonna put this episode up I haven't managed to meet up with um, any of my wonderful, fantastic guests that are coming up soon. So obviously, I think everyone's been really busy with the holiday season, and I was definitely really busy. Um, I worked all the holidays, and my parents were in town from Chicago, so I was basically shuttling around like a madman from my jobs to hang out with my uh, parents and sister jobs hang out jobs hang out sleep a little bit in the middle i got a cold in the middle somewhere in there so it's been kind of crazy but i'm not making excuses i need to make sure i'm uh diligent on at least every two weeks putting out an episode so here i am i'm gonna put one out come hell or high water and uh god my my inner dialogue has been extremely condemning lately (laughs) and telling me that um why bother? What are you doing? You're wasting your time. This is stupid. Like all these things. And I just have to keep on like beating it back and being like, dude, it's okay. It might actually be stupid, but it doesn't matter because you're doing it for the creative flow. You're doing it because you're happier when you're creating something and this forces you to create. So it's about the create creation and the authenticity and the creative drive and the creative flow. And it's not about your ego being massaged and people telling you how amazing you, and you are. Because <laughs> you might not be that amazing and that's okay. You can just be you. So it's been a real battle. And then I think a little bit of just, um, I don't think it's laziness necessarily, but it's like, distractibility like I'm I've been very easily distracted so I sit down and I'm like I need to record for the podcast but I'm like I don't have a guest yet and I gotta wait for a guest and this and that and I should eat a salad first and I want to read this sci-fi book first and I want to go outside and hang out with the cats first and I want to go to the gym and I want to take a bike ride and I want to talk to my friends and blah 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 and uh, days have just been flowing by and all of a sudden it's like, damn, it's January 4th right now, homie. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy 2019. Um, I hope you all had a fantastic New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. Uh, I was working New Year's Eve, so it was a very um, non-eventful time for me. But I did hear the fireworks go off at midnight, so I'll say that. But I hope you all had lots of um, good times, good experiences. hope your hearts were open. Um, And yeah, as we ring in the new year, 2018 is in the books, baby. 2019 is underway. And I am, I feel very excited about that. So I just, I love the whole new beginning thing. It's like fresh slate, new year, new start. Let's go. So I've been trying to figure out what my resolutions for this year are. And to be honest, I 
don't know yet. So if I said I had them, I would just be BSing. There's things I want to focus on for 100% sure. I just, for some reason, I'm hesitant to be like, this is my resolution. But certainly I want to continue with the podcast. So continue creating, um, writing poems, uh, writing stories, doing the podcast, making mixes, listening to music, making beats, just being creative, you know? So that that's what I want to do <laughs> in 2019. And be good to myself and don't be a condemning asshole to myself and tell myself that I can't do anything because it's dumb, but rather to just focus on the love aspect and the creativity aspect and just the human aspect of like, I'm just a human being and I'm trying to figure shit out and it helps me when I'm creating something instead of just always consuming things all the time, you know? It gets exhausting after a while, like... You know, I love to consume shit as much as the next person. Like, I love podcasts are my big thing. Like, I consume enormous amounts of podcasts, usually while I'm at work listening to all these different podcasts. And it's like, today I ran out of podcasts. Like, I had listened to all of the new ones from all the podcasts I like. And I was, like, searching for, you know, more podcasts that would kind of, like, feed my mind. And it, it almost became kind of exhausting. I'm like, damn, dude, like... Now, granted, in fairness to myself, I can't really... I mean, I guess I could. I could sit down and meditate at work, but I'm, um, I have to actually work. So, like, there's lots of cell phones going off and office phones going off and stuff like that, and it would be really difficult to, like, properly sit down and meditate. But um doesn't mean I shouldn't, shouldn't put boundaries up for myself. I'm sure I can figure out a way to meditate, even working meditation, mantra meditation while I'm at work point is i don't always need to be stuffing my ears with a podcast but um you know so i got to at least create my own too if i'm going to be listening to so much i guess so i'd love to hear from you guys uh, what your resolutions are for 2019 um ideas for the podcast for the new year uh just i'd love to hear from you guys so uh the email is barbarian.noetics at gmail.com Another exciting new development is I finally created a Patreon page for myself. Yay! So I've been meaning to do that for a minute. Um, so I am now on Patreon. I've only uploaded three of the nine episodes so far, but I will be uploading all nine. Um, and if So basically, the Patreon page is a way for listeners um, or anyone really to support the podcast through um, a modest financial monthly donation like anywhere from a dollar a month to, you know, however many dollars a month. I have three tiers up for, so if you donate, um, if you subscribe monthly, then you get certain perks, certain exclusive perks. Um, so that's going to like command more creativity from myself. So I'm going to have to like, you know, really do it. And I will. Um, there's three tiers. There's the $2 tier, uh, which is the Barbarian Chieftain. And if you sign up uh, for $2 a month, you get an original haiku from me. And then there's the next tier, which is the $5 a month tier. Um, and if you sign up for that one, um, you get a free dream analysis from me. So any dream, no matter how long. And um, I just will ask you a few questions about the dream and then I'll analyze it for you. Because I had a website for a while, dreamingclues.com, that I was hoping to make like a little side hustle analyzing dreams for people so but um i love analyzing dreams so i yes so that's the second tier 
And then the third tier, $10 a month or more, and you get monthly original poems uh, from me. So every month you get a new poem, original. And I'd even do, like, if you, you know, if someone wanted me to do a poem about a topic, I would do custom for them. So. So that's the deal. So if you're wondering, like, well, how do we get to the Patreon page? It's real easy. You just go to www.patreon.com slash noetics. So that's where my page is. So it's Patreon, uh, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash noetics, N-O-E-T-I-C-S. And um, people often are kind of like, no, what? Um, And it's the word is noetics. It's the study of the intellect or the mind. So So I got a Patreon going. It's 2019. Um, Let's see what else is going on. Uh, I've been meditating lately. I've been meditating every day for at least like, you know, at least a little bit of time. And I find actually that when I start, once I actually sit down, it's, it's not... It's, it is difficult. It's difficult to, like, really sit for, say, like, you know, your 15, 20 minutes or whatnot. But I've been finding lately five or ten minutes haven't, hasn't been as hard. Um, it's had its moments of, like, where I want to, like, get up and go. But I just battle through that and just, you know, just, like, come back to the, to the moment. And it's okay. I don't have to get up and go right this instant. I can just, like, go with that vibe for a second. And, and um time has been like really passing actually beautifully in these like quite blissful states and one thing that's happened is um i've noticed that uh i get like um there's like this bliss feeling like this it it's like a pop of bliss um and there's a there's a new thing for it now like meridian response something um I'll, in my next little segment, I'll talk about that. There's like this new trend where it's like certain or like sounds, like background noises elicit this like feeling of like bliss. Like they're called like brain orgasms or spine orgasms where you get like this feeling of like kundalini, like wonderfulness through your body. And that I've been getting a lot of that in my meditation. And I find especially when, um, so when I have the discomfort, so I'm sitting and do to do and then all of a sudden I have the discomfort of like the restlessness like gotta go gotta do this gotta do that just the that anxious restless kind of thing that kind of drives us I think a lot of the time comes up and I will visualize it as like a ball of energy it's usually situated like right in my solar plexus and it's a really tightly wound knot of energy And I visualize it, and I see how tightly wound it is, and then I just go, in my mind, I just, like, pierce directly into the middle of that knot. And when I do, it's, like, this huge explosion of light and color and and feelings, like that kundalini blissful feelings just, like, just explode out. It's enormous amount of energy. Um, It's almost like splitting the atom or something, and you split the discomfort that's it's got all the positive energy inside it's just wound up in this tight knot of of angst but that's actually what is making the tight knot is these beautiful feelings of power and and bliss and um obviously this is like this is all transitory you know nothing is permanent ever so it's like i have the the 
uh, uncomfortable feeling and then I pierce the uncomfortable feeling and I have the waves of bliss, but that passes as well. And then it usually passes into the hardest part of the meditation, which is, um, for lack of a better term, I'd call, I guess I'd say the bored part or the ennui, which I've been meaning to use that word for a while. Ennui. Love that word. Um, I don't love that word, but it's a fun word. My favorite word is ubiquitous. I love that word for real. But um, yeah, that's the part of the meditation that is like the hardest for me to get over the the hurdle. And it usually happens at about 10 minutes. And it's like I've had these crazy roller coaster rides of uncomfort and bliss. And, and but then it starts to get into like really just my breath. And I start to like it's another type of restlessness, but it's like a thicker restlessness with with more depth that I would almost call like feeling bored you know so I'm working on it but I'm definitely meditating every day so I'm proud of myself on that because it's not easy to like even though it's just like even for a couple minutes for some reason it's not easy to just sit down and do it there's always something else to do you know um so yeah um i that's it for this one little segment so i will hit you guys back with more segments to make up this fun episode happy new year 2019 all right peace anarchist said to me it's not that a great love happens what happened became your great love her echo had an ancient glow and so proved buoyant for my little craft I left the world and felt a world the bee loading its gloves with powder the albatross wanting one thing from the sea Nothing can wreck our boat, said she. And when the water felt the glacier, the future held a present tense. The present held a future without cease. That's a poem by Brenda Hillman in The Trance. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Barbarian Noetics. I hope your third eyes are open. I hope your spines are tingling with bliss. And I 
have remembered the phenomenon that I was talking about before with the meditation and the kundalini and the good vibes and the, the tingling of bliss. So it's this thing, um, it's called Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response, ASMR. And it's characterized by a static-like or tingling sensation on the skin that typically begins on the scalp and moves down the back of the neck and the upper spine. It has been compared with auditory tactile synesthesia, one of my favorite things in the world, synesthesia. If any of you listeners uh, experience synesthesia, let me know because I love hearing about that. Um, ASMR is a, it's a feeling of euphoria, and honestly, the way that they describe it, it very much sounds to me like kundalini energy. And um, so it's spontaneous, um, it's a sensory experience, it's, um, the meridian aspect, it signifies like a peak or a climax, so that's why it's kind of called like a spine orgasm or a brain orgasm. Um, and then response, meaning that it's triggered by something external or internal. There's a trigger that causes the ASMR. And the triggers are really interesting. Um, they can be anything from like uh, uh, listening to like a softly spoken or whispering voice. I don't know. Whispering's kind of strange in a podcast, but maybe you guys will get ASMR right now. Who knows? Or it can be a quiet, repetitive sound um, resulting from someone engaging in a mundane task such as turning the pages of a book or preparing food. Um, it can also be triggered by receiving altruistic, tender, personal attention. So how's that for some kundalini action? Um, triggered by altruism. I love that. So anyways, I'm going to do an ASMR sound right now for you guys uh, for the next 30 seconds or a minute or so. And let me know in the comments if you guys experience the ASMR. you guys get it <laughs> i didn't get it but that's because i was trying to do the thing and also i feel like it probably takes a little bit longer than that but you get the idea um so yeah that is the autonomous sensory meridian response in other news uh i got some cat drama going on at the apartment complex so we have a new cat that has moved into the situation um he is a male he just arrived about 10 days ago and I call him Napoleon because he is an asshole. He's a beautiful, beautiful cat. He's like super fluffy, white and brown. Um, he looks young, like he's, he's like a young buck. But he's just bullying like all the other cats, including my sweet cat, Miss Sprinkles. So that's not cool. So I've had to chase him off from Miss Sprinkles. And then there's this other little tiny runt of the litter gray cat that I'm also trying to take care of. I'm actually trying to catch so I can get him fixed. And he's like a little runt. And I've been trying to give him fish and stuff so he can bulk up. But I put fish out and then Napoleon comes around and just will like just attack the little runt and get the fish. And I have to like actively chase off Napoleon and then I have to actively stand guard. And Napoleon will even try to like get around me. It's so effing crazy. 
Uh, hold on just one second. My cat is meowing to come in. Hang on. Yeah, so this Napoleon asshole cat uh, is like Napoleon is like is like the like a woman who knows how hot she is. That's like Napoleon. He like knows how beautiful he is, and he's so cocky. And I believe if he was a human, he would have resting bitch face because he has like resting cat bitch face, faux show. So yeah, so I have to like stand guard actively and. Napoleon, even with me there, he'll try to like dart between my legs and chase off the little gray runt. I need to name the little gray runt, by the way. Um, I'll I'll come up with that for next step. Can't just keep calling him little gray runt. He's super sweet. His little meow is like it's like meow meow meow. It's like a little quarter meow. So cute. Anyways, then um, yeah, Napoleon will try to like dart through my legs. Not even like you know, not even worried about the human being. So I've had to really like step up my game and actually actively run after Napoleon. And like, I don't want to hurt the cat, obviously, but I have to kind of like throw things at it and stuff just to get him to lay off, man. So I'm talking with my neighbor right now. Um, we're kind of leaning towards catching Napoleon and taking him to the Humane Society because he would be a really great. I feel like he'd be a really good indoor cat, like for the right situation. Um, cause he is beautiful and I'm sure he would be, you know, if he was, had the right situation and was being fed and there weren't other cats around, he'd probably be a really nice pet, but we can't have him fucking up our little cat world over here cause Miss Sprinkles, she has a very vibrant kitty social life going on and, uh, it's like the bully in the playground. It'll like mess it up for everybody else. We can't have that. So my cat's looking at me right now and nodding in approval. She's like. That's right. That Napoleon cat's a fucking dick. I know, Miss Sprinkles. Trust me, I've seen it with my own damn eyes. So, anyways, uh, if you all remember, we had I had a podcast recently with uh, Dr. Sylvie Salinger, and she was so sweet and sent me for a holiday present. She sent me a book about Sisu, uh, which Sisu is the, um, the Finnish art of courage that I was talking about the other day in the podcast. And so I just wanted to read a little bit from the book because I think it's really cool. Um, so this chapter is called Early Empowerment, A Sisu Childhood. When I took my first wobbly steps on ice skates aged four, my mother was standing on the sidelines cheering me on. The ice was cold, hard, and not very even, and I didn't like trying out new things. I wanted to leave. My mother smiled encouragingly, 
And as I shakily ventured out farther on the ice, I heard her shout, Rokieste van! Behind me. To my Finnish friends out there, I apologize for butchering the fuck out of that pronunciation. This Finnish expression can be roughly translated as boldly now and typifies our attitude to raising kids. In favor of cheerful empowerment over wrapping the kids in cotton wool, Finnish parents seek to foster a can-do attitude that is based on facing and overcoming challenges rather than empty praise. This ideal lies at the very heart of Sisu. I never did become a very confident ice skater, but if I ever have to step out of my comfort zone and do something that scares me, I still, I still hear, Rokiestevan in the back of my mind. And again, that translates to boldly now. So I just think that's so cool. And it reminds me of um, when I was living with the Aboriginal Australians in Central Australia. Um, I was the lifeguard out there, and I got to see with my own eyes just how the kids out there operated on such a longer leash than than most American kids in our society, in that like the moms would be hanging out, like kind of just doing their own thing, socializing off to the side of the pool, not even totally like you know watching all the time, just kind of doing their own thing and trusting, and the kids would be like super wild and crazy and running all over the place and like I I saw kids they would do backflips and like land on their heads and stuff like that and just crazy stuff and people would start bleeding and I'm like the lifeguard so I'm all trying to like jump into action and you know uh like address the situation and the moms would always just be like it's okay like let them be it's fine if if it's really a problem you know we'll deal with it but if it's just like a little a little scrape or something like that or you know, a kid is kind of hurts himself a little bit. Um, no need to freak out. And what what happened? What I saw is that the kids themselves then didn't freak out. So you know, a kid tries a backflip, lands on his head. It's not comfortable, but there's no serious damage. Maybe like a little goose bump on his head. And because the adults around him don't freak out and overreact and start, you know, uh, getting all up in there with the the panic, the kid doesn't even start crying. So, and I notice a lot, like, with the, the helicopter parenting that happens so often in the West, in America and stuff, like, a kid will fall, and it won't be a very bad fall at all, and there won't even be any blood or anything, and then the kid will just kind of be, like, a little shocked, you know, because it's a little bit shocking to fall, and then the parents converge, and they're like, oh, my God, oh, Betty, oh, my God, are you okay? And then that, that panic that the adults imbue into the situation is that's what actually causes Betty to start crying and wailing. So then, and then it's like a feedback loop and then the cries and then the parents get more upset and, and it's like, I just really, I think that idea of, um, boldly now, you know, instead of like, Oh no, don't do it. But letting kids really letting kids fail, you know, because that's how we grow is we have to try things and fail and then try again. You can't, we can't nerf the whole world, so. I just 
episode of Barbarian Noetics is brought to you by Incense, Sage, Sweetgrass Anything you burn to clear energy or make things smell nice Incense makes things smell nice Sage dispels negative energy Sweetgrass attracts positive energy Incense, Sage, Sweetgrass You can burn them independently You can burn them all at the same time You can burn them any damn time you want There ain't nothing wrong with it, and everything's right with it. So, today's episode of Barbarian Noetics is brought to you by Incense, Sage, and Sweetgrass. Thank you so much for your generous sponsorship contribution, and smudge it up, people. I... everybody um i'm walking around central phoenix right now i'm about to get my tattoo Uh, i'm gonna sit down for it in about 15 minutes and it looks really good my artist is amazing so her design is incredible as always and so i have like 15 minutes to walk around while she gets set up and i was thinking about the my resolution for this year so because i still haven't really no, no one has really like popped out at me, and I do like the resolution idea. I know a lot of people think it's corny, and perhaps it is corny, but I think it's just kind of like with the new moon, like it's it's a good opportunity to start anew, and any opportunity to kind of uh, declare a clean slate and start anew, I think, is a really positive thing. So um, the new year is a is a new chance to start anew. And I think making some resolutions are, is a nice thing to do. 
so I've decided that um, I was thinking like what's the biggest thing I need to kind of feel like I need to work on and I definitely think that self-doubt and self-imposed limitations is like pretty high up there possibly number one so um, because it's a very tenacious thing for me and it just is it's like constant and it keeps coming back and I feel like I make progress with it and then it comes back again in terms of like not feeling not giving myself permission to pursue my dreams I guess and it's kind of like encapsulated all in the podcast so there's like a constant battle to silence the voices that are telling me to just like quit it and that I'm stupid so so anyways so I decided for this new year 2019 my resolution is going to be to transcend my own feelings of self-doubt and self-limitations and I chose the word transcend carefully because at first I was going to say let go but that's not quite right I decided because you can't let go of something if you know it's there you know what I mean like I can't let go of the fact that I'm 5'10 and that I have like blonde hair I can't let go of it it's just the way it is in the same way I can't like let go of the fact that I have feelings of self-doubt but when you transcend something it's like you you acknowledge it and include it in your worldview but then you move beyond it and so that's what I'm going to try to do with um, these feelings of self-doubt self-imposed limitations in all walks of life you know so I I talk about the podcast on the podcast for obvious reasons but uh, that's something I can apply to all walks of life just giving myself permission to even like be successful and get you know um, have a nice life financially and like all these things so anyways that's what I figured out just now wanted to share it with you guys include it in this this is going to be the craziest piecemeal episode ever but uh yeah all right talk soon peace back with you hope you all are doing fantastic hope your third eyes are open and shining forth Uh, this is going to be the last snippet i do before posting this episode 
And even though this episode might be kind of cobbled together and a little quirky, um, I'm also really proud of it because it's been a real challenge for me, this one. Just been that, that whole uh, self-limiting voice thing that, I was, that I'm going to work on for my New Year's resolution has been bearing its ugly fangs as I attempt to put this episode out. So, uh, But I did it. We made it through. And thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking through to the end here. And uh, here I'm at. And I'm on the other side of my tattoo. So uh, that was really great. It took about three and a half hours. And um, But my artist has a really light touch. So um, people always ask, like, what part hurt and what part didn't hurt as much. Interestingly enough, so this was like my whole chest. Um, interestingly enough, the skin like closer like the higher up close to my neck like even directly on my collarbone I expected that to hurt a lot but it hardly at all like it was I mean I could feel it but it was definitely the least uh intense least stark of the pain and then the most intense part was uh the the center of my chest like the lower between my nipples basically right in the middle um that was I definitely knew I was alive during that segment, so I guess that just means that that skin is really sensitive. But um, as some of you know, I think I mentioned it once before, I was uh, as a teenager and in my early 20s, I was into the ritual scarification thing. And um, that's what it was, even though I was sometimes drunk and upset when I was doing it, it was still ritual scarification in my mind. I was, I don't know, I've just always, like, my soul doesn't feel right without some scars. I feel like I've always had scars in all my lifetimes, and even though I was fortunate uh, so far to live like a fairly safe and secure childhood in terms of physically, I uh, had some ups and downs emotionally, that's for sure. But physically, like I didn't have to, you know, like ward off invaders uh, or, you know, take up a sword and start battling dragons. And so, um, but yeah, I always felt like I, I just, I have, I need scars, have scars. So, um, so the pain wasn't like completely unheard of, but it was definitely pronounced and it went on for a while. And, uh, so I was very, I, I, I really did, like, I'm not just saying this, I really did enjoy the process the whole time I was really just like staying present and really, like, I love getting tattoos, you know? So it's like, yeah, it hurts, but I'm so happy to be here. And just to see my artist work, the way she works is really cool. Like, she'll, she's, um, like, very, like, passionate about the art. So she'll, like, she'll, you know, like, do her work, and then she'll kind of step back and look as if she's looking at, like, the big picture for perspective. And then she dives back in again, and it's just really cool to see her process. And then the other cool thing is, like, while it's happening, it's like, that's your whole reality is just like, you are getting the tattoo because it's such an intense feeling. So it's like, okay, I'm here. But then you know that in, like, it's the whole this too shall pass thing is really pronounced for me when I'm sitting. Because um, it's like, right now you're having this experience that's really intense, but in three hours, it's going to be a completely different experience. And then you'll just have like a mild discomfort where you got the tattoo, but you'll also be feeling really high because of all the endorphins. And, um, and I was also really focusing on, I've been listening to, uh, well, I listened to one specific podcast 
it was Aubrey Marcus's podcast again, so shout out Aubrey Marcus. And he had Wim Hof, the Norwegian Iceman, who's like set every single record for um, being uh, like the longest amount of time sitting in, in ice and then also the longest distance swimming under the ice. The guy's unbelievable. He's really amazing and really inspiring. And I love his accent. He has that beautiful, thick Norwegian accent and just the way he's, he's very like, he walks the walk, you know. So when he talks about the power of the spirit and the power of the mind, it really resonates because this is a man who's done it. He actually went under the ice and swam like a hundred yards under the ice and then had to locate the hole in the ice on the other side to like come back up. And that is just like, oh shit, like the, mam the mammalian dive reflex, I think it's called, where when our heads go underwater, we instantaneously freak out, like on a deep, reflexive, instinctive level, we freak out because... Um, to be honest, I don't understand it at all because I was going to say because mammals, but there's cetaceans and there's mammals that live underwater too. So I'm not sure why some mammals have the, the mammalian dive reflex thing and some don't. I know primates aren't the hugest fans of water. Like when you see a nature documentary, you see the, the, the baboons or whoever it is, they're crossing like the river and they're... They always like hold their hands like up above the water and they kind of like look really miserable when they're going through the water. So um, certainly I don't think it's like, I don't think we have this innate comfort in water necessarily as humans. And when I go, like uh, late, um, a couple weeks ago, I took a dive in my sister's pool. It's winter here in Phoenix, so the pool gets really cold. Um, like in the high 30s, I would say the water, low 40s at the highest. And I jumped in and like, that feeling of panic when your head goes under in, that, in those icy conditions is so intense. And um, so the fact that, you know, this guy has successfully mastered that instinct and has managed to um, attain mastery of the breath to the point where he can sustain calm in those most extreme, intense, kind of torturous uh, situations. So... Um, Anyways, when he talks, like, I listen, and so he was talking about um, how recent, like, scientific research has demonstrated that uh, for a while he thought that you could, um, you could affect, like, dopamine and serotonin levels through your breathing, and that's certainly true, you can, but you can also affect dopamine and serotonin levels just by your sheer force of will, just by exerting your mind, using your mind, you can activate um, that mechanism within your body to produce these chemicals that make you feel good. So I was practicing that during the tattoo and really like focusing on releasing the um, dopamine and the serotonin and all that stuff and the whatever the pain reduction hormones are that we get. And I really feel like I could, I almost could feel like my brain like squirting out these hormones throughout the session. It was really crazy. It was really amazing. So um, yeah, so here I am, and I was on my way to work today, and the sun was out, and it's getting warmer here, and I was just, like, loving, loving the sun so intensely, and so I was, like, um, just kind of basking in the glory of the sunlight, and I realized, like, I am eating sun, and these photons that are hitting my skin and that are going into my eyes and being eaten by my black holes in my head, 
these photons were literally at the they were at the sun being emitted from the actual fireball in the actual sky only 7.2 seconds ago and I'm gonna pause real quick right here so I can get the exact statistic of um, how far how long it takes for a photon to travel from the sun to the earth actually takes about eight minutes and that's obviously um, traveling at the speed of light and it's traveling across uh, hundred and forty nine million kilometers of space so it takes a photon about eight seconds eight, eight minutes sorry to leave from the earth or from the Sun to the earth so when you are staring up at the Sun all the photons that are hitting your skin were at the huge massive fireball in the sky just only eight minutes ago and that massive fireball in the sky is so big that 1.3 million earths can fit inside of it and i know there's like uh, in the grand scheme of things our sun isn't particularly extraordinary as far as stars are concerned but that's completely relative and it's completely mind-blowingly huge and massive like the earth is just like a tiny little grain of sand inside the sun and it is like uh, it takes up 99.8 more than 99.8% of the total mass of the solar system and even though it takes the photon only 8 minutes to travel from the sun to the earth it can take it anywhere from 10 years to some people say millions of years to travel from the core to the surface and the reason for that is because of all the crazy um, nuclear fusion I'm going to um, only very skim the surface on this because I don't exactly understand it, to be honest with you. But there's all this nuclear fusion that's happening um, that's creating all the power from the sun. And it would the entire power output of the whole sun is, I think, per year is, I don't know, per something. Anyway, it's 386 billion billion megawatts. So, like... To put it in perspective, I did a little bit of research like for the whole world, the whole or for the US. The US uses about um, 3 billion megawatts per day, 3 billion. So that that's obviously a huge amount, <laughs> but the sun is producing billion billions. How many billions? 386 billion billions of megawatts. So the whole amount that the United States is using is like microscopic amount compared to what the sun is putting out there so that's kind of energy that's just waiting to be harnessed and um, but yeah the, the photon so the photon that hits your skin it only was at the surface of the sun eight minutes ago but it's possibly been working its way from the core for hundreds hundreds of thousands even possibly millions of years because it keeps getting absorbed and um 
emitted and then absorbed and emitted and absorbed and emitted in all the crazy fusion that's happening. Woof, crazy. Anyway, that's a little more about the sun. I'm going to wrap this bad boy up. So uh, much love, everybody, and may your heart blossom forth into the environment around you today. Maybe you can make someone smile, perform a random act of kindness, or otherwise make the world a little bit brighter. Um, and until next time, I'm Conan Tanner, signing off. Say the black of the belly, the sweet of the juice. I say the dark of the flesh and the deep of the roots. I give a holler to my sister's own welfare. Tupac cares if don't nobody else care. And uh, I know they like to beat you down a lot. And when you come around the block, brothers clown a lot. But please don't cry, dry your eyes, never let up. Forgive, but don't forget, girl, keep your head up. And when he tells you you ain't nothing, don't believe him. And if you can't learn to love you, you should leave him. Cause sister, you don't need And I ain't trying to gash up, I just call them how I see You know what makes me unhappy? that When brothers make babies and leave a young mother to be a pastor And since we all came from a woman, got our name from a woman And I came from a woman I wonder why we take from our women Why we rape our women, do we hate our women? I think it's time to kill for our women Time to heal our women, be real to our women and if we don't, we'll have a race of babies that will hate the ladies that make the babies. And since a man can't make one, he has no right to tell a woman when and where to create one. So will the real men get up? I know you're fed up, ladies. But keep your head up.
left you by your lonesome Thanks the Lord for my kids Even if nobody else want them Cause I think we can make it in fact I'm sure And if you fall stand tall or come back for more Cause ain't nothing worse than when your son wants to know Why his daddy don't love him no more You can't complain you was dealt this Hell of a hand without a man feeling helpless Because it's too many things for you to deal with Dying inside but outside you're looking Kids are driving big. 